Welcome to Uncovering Jesus. The love of Jesus is the source of all salvation. Let's begin. Here's your host, Josh Alexander. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Uncovering Jesus. I hope you all are doing well. Um, Today, I want to talk to you guys about the Holy Spirit. You know, it's something that a lot of times we tend to not really focus on and not really know his his work and his 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 acts and his 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 presence in our lives and how his presence really impacts us. You know, that the more I've realized that the more I read the scriptures and the more I, I I learn about the Holy Spirit, the more I realize how much I don't know him. And the more I I I, I long to know him even more and more, and the more I begin to thirst and long after him more and more and more and more. And I really hope that from this um, podcast today, we'll be able to bring you to that place where you are more and more hungry for the Holy Spirit, more and more hungry, more and more longing for his presence and getting to understand his acts and what he does in our daily lives every single day and his functions and to understand exactly who is the Holy Spirit and what he can do and what he does in our lives. I mean, look, we can, a lifetime, a lifetime will not be able, will not even be enough for us to be able to fully understand who the Holy Spirit is and to fully know him. That is why it takes eternity for us. That is why it takes eternity. It literally takes eternity to to, to know God or to know the Holy Spirit. And today I hope that um, from this um, little podcast, you are able to be blessed um, and to become encouraged and to know who the Holy Spirit is and to bring your relationship into a greater intimacy with him. But before we start, I want us to pray real quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, we worship you. We bless your name. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for for the word that is able to build us, that is able to change us, that is able to mold us, Father, uh, to look more and more like Jesus. Father, you are the potter and we are the clay. Father God, today we surrender our lives. We surrender our hearts. We surrender our minds. We surrender our focus. We surrender our gaze and our attention, Father, to you, Lord. Do what you want to do, Father, as you please. And Father, may we live a life that is worthy are worthy of your name, a life that is worthy of your name. May we bless you and may we magnify you, Father, in whatever we do. May we become more and more dependent on the Holy Spirit and on your dear Son, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray and we magnify you forevermore. Amen. Amen. So let's get it started. So if you have your Bible today, I want you to turn your Bible to the book of John. So this is just some scriptures here. So you can read, um, you can look John um chapter 14, verse 17. You can also read John 15, verse 26. You can also have a look at John 16, verse 13. So these are all just uh, scripture references to who the Holy Spirit is in this first portion. So the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth. So all these verses and scriptures that I've just given you, it will tell you more about who the Holy Spirit is in terms of of him being the spirit of truth. A lot of times when you read in scripture, there's sometimes misinterpretation of who the Holy Spirit is. This is not, it's not um, uh, entirely incorrect. It's just that the way that the words have been constructed when it comes to referencing the Holy Spirit. So the first and the first thing that I want you to realize is that the Holy Spirit is not an it. 
the Holy Spirit is the person. The Bible tells us that when John baptized Jesus, it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon John, upon Jesus, sorry, in the form of a dove. But he, but the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not fire. The Holy Spirit is a person. These are just attributes. It, it's like a, it's like a, a way that the, the writer was describing how this dissension came of the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus when he was baptized of John. So the, the reference, for example, when you look at a dove, a dove is gentle. You see, a dove is gentle. So he was coming, descending upon Jesus in a gentle manner. That's what John was, that's what the, the writer was talking about. But the first thing here that I want us to look at is that he is the spirit of truth. Glory to God. So it says that as such, he guides us into all truth and seeks to keep us from error. So the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. He, he, he gives you discernment to be able to tell between right and wrong teachings. But you see, a babe or a child in the faith may not be able to fully discern right or wrong doctrine without scripture. So you have to have an understanding of scripture, have an understanding of the word of God to be able to discern right and wrong teachings. But the Holy Spirit will nudge you oftentimes, will begin to nudge you when he's saying, hey, this is incorrect or this is error. So the first thing that I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. You see, Jesus tells us in the scriptures that he is the way, the truth and the life. So anything that is not focused on Christ that is not centered on the person of Jesus, you have to be very mindful of. Make sure that you, you, you analyze it with Scripture, you weigh it with Scripture. So this is the very first thing that I want us to look at. He's also, the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of holiness. He is the spirit of holiness. This is, a, we can read about this in Romans chapter 1, verse 4. He, he is the spirit of holiness. That means he separates us unto God from all that is anti-God, if that makes sense. So he separates you from anything that, has nothing to do with God, and he and he brings you into everything that has to do with God. So he's the spirit of holiness. That means he 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 begins to mold you. He begins to mold you. He begins to build you like like the scripture talks about the potter and the clay. You see, he is the he is the potter, and you are the clay. So he begins to mold you. But how does he mold us? In what image, in what shape does he mold us? The more we yield ourselves to him, the more he's able to mold us. You see, so the more the more we begin to it, it, this is amazing. So when you look at somebody, the, if you look at the potter, for example, creating clay or molding clay, for example, clay, he uses water, and the water is 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 the essence of God's word. This is just like a, to give you just an example. The water is the essence. The water makes the clay um, moldable. The water makes the clay easy to work with. The same thing with the word of God. The word of God allows our hearts to, to, to be softened towards it. So the, the word of God begins to soften our hearts. It begins to change our character. It begins to change our, our thought process, the way we function, the way we do things on a daily basis. The word will begin to divide. The word will begin to transform you and mold you. It's like a metamorphosis. It begins to change and transform you from within. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He molds you to make you look more and more like Jesus. And he begins to lead you in that path of holiness, in that path of righteousness. So he is the spirit of holiness. So that means there are some things that the Holy Spirit can help us from. And there are some things that God will expect you to do. For example, uh, let's say you have a bad habit. Yes, the Holy Spirit can help you. But you have to understand that you have to work with the Holy Spirit. Also, in the same time, you have to allow yourself to come to a point where you say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop anything that stops me from getting closer to you. 
if you have some sort of uh, a limitation or anything like that, you need to present to the Lord, of course. But at the same time, you have to come to a point where you say, no, enough is enough. I'm going to stop this particular thing. I'm going to stop this particular habit. You know, uh, there was a, a minister one time that gave a, a, I thought it was an interesting analogy. He said for people that, for example, that struggle with um, uh, some sort of limitation, he said, if a person would or sort of um, guides them and brings them to a particular understanding or, or perspective of saying, hey, yes, I know you struggle with this thing, but if your life depended on it, will you still continue in that particular thing that you struggle with? And he said that oftentimes people actually would stop that habit if their life depends on it or if their life is, is, is going to be at risk by them having to indulge in those habits, if that makes sense. So there are certain things, there are expectations that God has for us, and there are certain things that the Holy Spirit can help us through. But the, the main element here, he is the spirit of holiness. The Bible says that love righteousness and hate iniquity. So that has to be our, our prayer in this day and age that we are living in today more than ever before. We must come to a place where, where we are saying, Lord, I love righteousness. I am a slave to righteousness and I hate iniquity. I hate anything that puts me far from you. So who is the Holy Spirit? He is the spirit of holiness. And you can also read about this in Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Again, I'm going to continue on. He is the spirit of life in Christ. This is amazing as well. You can read about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. So what does that mean? He's the spirit of life in Christ. So he's the spirit that brings us life, that takes up, that take, that takes that life from that Christ carries, and he imparts that life to us. So he imparts life to those who depend on him to keep us from, from the deadness of the flesh, both uh irreligious flesh and religious flesh. So he imparts life. He ministers life. He ministers life into your being. He ministers life into your spirit. That means he brings you hope. He brings you an eternal perspective. You see, you are no longer living on this earthly flesh as though there's not going to be a tomorrow. But he promised us a resurrection. So he brings and he imparts life. Jesus says, I am divine and ye are the branches. So the same life that flows from the vine will flow into the branches. But the, the key point is you must be connected to the vine. Without you being connected to the generator that releases that power surge, you will not be able to experience the life that the scripture promises. So you must constantly, constantly be in continual fellowship and in continual intimacy with the Holy Spirit to be able to experience that that life more and more, more and more on a daily basis. Another thing that I'm also going to focus on in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, and this is another attribute of the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of adoption. So that means that as such, when we are born again or when we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, so we, we are, obviously you are a babe because you still have not been skilled in the scriptures or in the word of God. But that means that he also adopts us in as mature sons. You know, the word sons there also includes daughters as well. With all the access, with the old access rights to our inheritance in Christ. So he adopts you. So the Bible says that, that, that the Lord or the Holy Spirit, he is the father to the fatherless. He is the father to the fatherless. He is the husband to the widow. If you look, for example, at the Gentiles and, and, and the Jews, the Lord adopted us as the Gentiles as part of his family. So he brings you in. 
So you as a child of God never feel like you are not part of God's family. As long as you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you have said, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my master, you must rejoice and you must come to acknowledge that he has adopted you as a son and a daughter into his family. So you are a son and you are a daughter and begin to enjoy that fellowship with him. You have that right. He's also the spirit of faith. This is also awesome. This is another attribute of the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, As such, when we look unto Jesus through the word, he, he, he the author, and the, he authors faith in our hearts by convincing us of the reality of the truth so that we may exercise faith. So this is just, this is just an example. This is just like a, a, a breakdown of what that scripture is saying. So he, he then, he, he authorized faith in our hearts by convincing us of the reality of truth so that we may be able to exercise faith. The same faith, it is the same faith that the disciples used to minister to the sick, to minister to the needy. It's the same faith that they had in the Lord Jesus in preaching the gospel in perilous times. It is the same faith that they preached that they had when their lives were at risk. They had this particular faith in them. And the same faith is at work in you. You might think to yourself for once, you might say, well, God, I feel like my faith is not as big as the disciples. No, the Bible says that God has given all of us the measure of faith. He has given all of us the measure of faith. We, we, we love to reference this particular scripture in the Bible that talks about, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you shall speak to this mountain and ask it to be cast into the sea it will, and it will listen to you. This I'm just um, paraphrasing the scripture. But I want you to realize something. that In that particular moment, Jesus was talking to the Jews. He was not talking to the Gentile Christian. He was talking to the Jews in that particular aspect because the Jews found it very difficult that he was the Messiah. They found it very, very hard to believe that this particular person here happens to be the Messiah that we've been waiting for for many, many, many years. And therefore, he said to them, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, a grain of a mustard seed, then you will be able to speak to a mountain and cast it into the sea. But he was talking to the Jews in that particular portion of scripture. But you, as the, as, as the, as the new creation uh, Christian, the one who's received Jesus, who has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them right now in this moment, he says that he has given you the measure of faith. That means that he gives you the measure of faith for when you first receive him as your Lord and Savior. Because it takes faith to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But now, how do you make that faith grow? You make that faith grow through the word of God. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do you grow your faith? Faith comes by hearing. That means faith grows by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So two elements here that we, I want us to look at. Faith comes through the word of God. And then it comes by hearing the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, you are actually hearing. So you also got to begin to exercise and speak into yourself scriptures out loud. So when you read the scripture, you got to have moments where you speak the scriptures out loud to yourself. And that begins to build faith in you. And you also, when you're in your times of prayer, begin to speak scriptures over yourself. Begin to pray out the scriptures. There is no such, there is no such um, 
way, there's no such better way to pray, but to pray out the scriptures, but to pray the word of God. Begin to read the scriptures, begin to memorize the scriptures, begin to read the word, begin to read it out loud to yourself. You know, uh, I remember one time I was talking about um, meditation. What does meditation do? I was talking about Hagar, about roaring out the scriptures. The word Hagar there means to roar. So when you roar out the scriptures, it actually ministers to you. So that is one of the aspects that the Holy Spirit does through us. He imparts faith. So faith comes by the word of God. And also one thing that I, I, I want you to begin to think about is this. Be very mindful. Be very careful about the things that you hear. Because remember, faith comes by hearing. But faith doesn't only come by hearing, but also comes by what you see. What you, the information you process, the information you feed your spirit. So the more negative information you begin to feed your spirit, the more obsolete your faith becomes, the more ineffective your faith becomes. So the more you begin to focus on that which is that that which builds, that which lives, that which purifies, that which magnifies. Even the Apostle Paul tells us that begin to focus on that which is lovely. Begin to focus on that which is good. Begin to focus on that which is of good report. Because those things, those elements build your faith. I really hope that's making sense. Those elements there, those are the elements that build your faith. So when you begin to focus on positive things that, that scripture teaches, you, have, you begin to find that your faith soars more and more. But when you begin to focus and begin to function based on information that you receive, you're not only receiving information from, from, from the outside, but you're receiving information from everywhere. You're reading this, you're reading that, you are polluting your spirit. And you are making your faith ineffective. We read about a man called Smith Wigglesworth. This man protected his faith so much to the point that he would not even allow newspapers into his home. Can you think about this for one moment? Not even, he's not even, he, he did not even read any newspapers to begin with. But he won't even allow newspapers to come into his, to, into his home. I know that back in the day, the media and so forth used to, used to you know, they might even... Um, come up with uh, you know negative negative uh, news and you never hear about anything that is positive. Have you ever thought to yourself about that? Have you ever thought to yourself, how come I've never watched the news one time where they've said great things that are happening apart from negative news every single day? News is literally focused on feeding you information that is negative, that meant to minister fear to your spirit. Think about it one day. Think about it and see how much that's going to change you. So begin to shift your focus, shift your attention to the word of God continuously and always. Let the word of God be your daily bread. Like Jesus said, man should not live on bread alone, but by everywhere that comes out of the mouth of God. So begin to feed your spirit the word of God on a daily basis, rather than things of everywhere. You're reading news here and there, and your faith becomes ineffective. You can't even go out to the world and preach the gospel. You can't even go out and preach to your friends. You can't even go out and preach to your family. You can't even go out and preach to your, to, to your, to your colleagues at work because you're so full of fear. And I'm telling you right now, every single day, the world is getting darker and darker. But God is looking for men for, and daughters, for sons and daughters to rise up who will take up this gospel with no fear, but with so much boldness and with so much power to proclaim the news of his saving power to all mankind. And God wants to depend on you. So remember, begin to protect your faith. 
begin to protect the information that you receive in your process on a daily basis. Even certain books can really impact your faith in a negative way. So even be careful of other, what other books you read. They may have a Christian title on them, but that does not mean it is going to be good for your faith. It does not mean that it's going to be good for your spirit. So be very, very mindful and be very, very careful. I'd rather read the Bible every day than read any other book that will affect my faith in a negative way. Awesome. So I'm going to move on now. So the other, the, another attribute of the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of promise. He is the spirit of promise. So read about this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. It says that as such, he imparts to us discernment and skill to apply biblical knowledge to real life. Again, I'm paraphrasing, guys. So go and read those scriptures. So he is the spirit of what? He is the spirit of promise. Sorry, I just gave you the wrong scripture reference. It is actually Ephesians chapter 1, verse, 7, verse 13. So as such, he, he, he seals us onto the day of redemption, moving into and joining our uh, re, uh, regenerated spirit, promising there is more to come. So he is the, he is the spirit of promise. So everything that he, the scripture talks about, you see, God sees for his word to come to pass. So Jesus said something in the scripture that he taught us. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. My word shall remain. That means that everything may pass away, but my very word will remain for it to be fulfilled. That is something that I want you to think about. God is not a, you see, God is not a man that he should lie. And he's not also a man that he should forget your labor of love. So I want you to think about this. He has promised you so much, but all those promises can only come through the scriptures. They all can come through the scriptures. But I'll tell you something, though, something that I have learned very recently, that nothing that I desire more than Jesus. I do not desire anything else but Jesus himself. If I have him, I have everything. If I have Jesus, I have everything. And I'm telling you this, your life will never be the same. If you have Jesus, you will have everything. Think about this. We're going to a heaven that is completely and fully and wholly is based on Christ, is based on Jesus. Without him, there will be no heaven. If Jesus is not in heaven, then I do not want to go there. If he is not in heaven, then I don't want to gain heaven. I want to be just where he is. And I'm telling you, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you have, if you have him, then there will be nothing in this world that you will lack. Everything that you desire within his promises, within his purposes, within his will, he will grant it to you. But I'm telling you, if you have Jesus, then what else will you need? And let that be your focus. Let that be your attention. Let that be all that which you desire is Jesus. So this is it for today. Um, I didn't want to go for too long. Um, I think I'll probably do a part two of um, the Holy Spirit and to talk a little bit more about him. Um, I hope this little, you know, uh, little podcast has uh, helped you gain a, a deeper insight and a greater understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, and I hope you've been blessed. And I want to encourage you this more, this week to, to spend more time with the Holy Spirit, to spend more time with him and say, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus, unveil Jesus more and more to me through the scripture, through the, through his word. Allow me to come to a deeper intimacy with him and begin to 
enjoy his fellowship, begin to enjoy spending time with him and begin to learn learn more about the Holy Spirit. Read those scriptures. And I believe that God is going to bless you. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he lift you. May he begin to mold you to, to look more and more like Jesus. And may you encounter Jesus like never before in an every and single moment of each day. God bless you. That's this week's episode of Uncovering Jesus. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.